Wake up, America, before it's too late. The Steve Day Show. Greetings. Happy Monday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show here live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. My name is Steve Dace. His name is Todd Erzin. His name is Aaron McIntyre. Hope you all had a great weekend. Thank you for tuning back here again on a Monday. Coming up on today's show, our good friend Bob Vanderplatz will join us at the bottom of the hour. Next hour, we will have Ask Me Anything, a full hour of Ask Me Anything, which we have not had time to do. It, it's, it's been a few moon cycles uh, since we've had time to do that. I trust we have, courtesy of our Facebook following, Todd, some good questions that you have decided to select. Uh, there's a bunch there, and Aaron will be likely featured in a couple of them right really oh okay i look forward to that okay um, is maybe i should maybe i should prepare for this because this is news this is news to me i I haven't even looking forward i haven't even done the graphics yet so this is news to me i did my job (laughs) i sent him in it's not aaron i don't he can light the rocket ship whenever he wants to but he is he should prepare to not only make graphics but to be cerebrally involved right out of the gate is aaron going to appreciate these questions um i'll take that That, that's like asking Mm. donald trump can a man become a woman is this, there's, a, there's a lot of hesitation I should just there. look at the email right now that you sent Todd is this about like Coldplay or something no okay. no that would, that would be letting you off easy is the vibe I am getting correct it just depends on you know it's a, it's a dude thing after a football weekend so we'll see alright hey folks you know the latest data shows uh, that if you have fatty liver you're three and a half times more likely to have heart failure than those without could be up to 100 million Americans have that. And as we get older, especially now, and I think about this having turned 50, you know, you get more tread on those tires. We throw a lot at our livers from cholesterol, alcohol, toxins, Tylenol, statins, cigarettes, and it matters because your liver is involved in helping to conduct and regulate up to 500 key functions in your body every day. So there is a solution. It's called the Liver Health Formula. It's an all-natural supplement that contains 12 clinically proven botanicals that can help recharge and protect your liver. It's manufactured right here in the USA. It's approved by American doctors. And you can try the Liver Health Formula and receive a free gift right now when you go to getliverhelp.com slash Steve. Getliverhelp.com slash Steve. Now that free gift, by the way, a free bottle of nano-powered omega-3s for your heart health at the same time. All right? GetLiverHelp.com slash Steve. Again, GetLiverHelp.com slash Steve. And with that, let us begin as we always do. Here's Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by Tripling Down, courtesy of Donald Trump. Donald Trump's comments regarding baby killing and how heartbeat laws are, quote, terrible, well, they've stretched into a second week of coverage. Over the weekend, Trump tripled down on his comments about abortion, saying on Truth Social, quote, pro-lifers had absolutely zero status on the subject of abortion until I came along. For 52 years, everyone talked but got nothing. I got it done. There would be no talk of a six-week ban or anything else without me, yada, 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 yada. So Donald Trump continued to double and triple down on telling Republicans to temper their attitudes on abortion. And then there's also this. Can a man become a woman? No. (laughs) 
How ridiculous that we're even asking that question. Meanwhile, Trump-endorsed House Speaker Kevin McCarthy has reneged on yet another commitment. This time, he's going back on his promise to strip money for Ukraine out of a Pentagon funding bill. Who could have seen that coming? Checking in on Canada, where Ukrainian green shirt President Volodymyr Zelensky visited Parliament and participated in a standing ovation for this guy. So who is that old guy? That is 98-year-old Yaroslav Hunk, who fought the Russians during World War II. The man is a Nazi who repatriated to Canada after World War II and got a standing ovation in Canada's parliament over the weekend. In completely unrelated news, this is Klaus Schwab's in-house philosopher-in-chief and servant of Satan, Yuval Noah Harari, on how COVID lockdowns will help the globalists in Davos soften up the general public to climate lockdowns. It's not an extremely deadly virus. It's not the Black Death, and look what it's doing to the world. So now just try to think what will be the implications of a much bigger uh, problem like climate change. Also, conceptually, it shows that, um, and here I completely agree with you, Ratko, that it shows you that you can change things on a massive scale. That, um, and again, you can stop all flights. You can lock down entire countries. You can actually do that. And uh, life goes on in some way. And this, I would say, may make us more open to radical ideas about how to deal also with climate change. In further completely unrelated news, here's Anthony Fauci on MSNBC recently. In my career, I've been involved in saving literally millions of lives that people, hello. Back to politics, we're loath to discuss polls, but holy heck, this one takes the PSYOP cake. The Washington Post came out with a 2024 general election poll over the weekend, which shows Trump beating Biden by 10 points. Somebody compiled a list of internals from this Washington Post poll and contrasted them with exit polling from 2020. And, well, it kind of speaks for itself. The WAPO poll claims Trump is going to win the younger vote by 16 points after losing it by at least 15 in 2020. WAPO has Trump winning independence by 13 after losing them by 13. And on and on it goes. Absolute psyop garbage. Once again, in completely unrelated news, late Friday night, California Governor Gavin Newsom vetoed a bill that would have required judges to remove custody of children from parents who don't affirm a child's gender identity or gender expression. Hmm. Here is Biden Education Secretary Miguel Cardona talking about parents who show up to school board meetings. There was civility. We could disagree. We could have healthy conversations. Um, around what's best for kids. I respect differences of opinion. I don't have too much respect for people that are misbehaving in public and then acting as if they know what's right for kids. Learning Fetterman today, today's phrase is, verily, verily, I saith unto you, thou shalt get bent. You know, I, I, I uh, would, would, would just um, really like to, you know, the 95, 95, 95, you know. And that's what happened while we were away. <laughs> Could not have said it better myself. Indeed. Aaron, will you do me a favor really quick? What's that? Grab that breakout side, graphic. Side by side, yeah. Yeah, of that. Grab that breakout graphic of those internals from that poll. All right? I want to I get to those here in just a second. Okay? 
But before we do that, uh, a word from our friends over at Sweatblock, who we're proud to bring you Aaron's montage today. If you are in part of the country where summer just will not let go, we're enjoying the coolness of fall here in the Midwest, but it looks like... Again, this weekend, man, uh, back into the upper 80s and uh, 90 degrees again. Uh, so summer, even though even though it's now officially fall, doesn't want to you know let go quite yet. Or maybe it's just you struggle with excessive sweating just whenever the adrenaline gets going. You know, a first date, a, a big job interview, uh, you know, you're doing public speaking, something of that nature. Make sure you go to our friends at Sweatblock, whether it's their antiperspirant uh, wipes uh, to stop you from pitting out in public, uh, whether it's their deodorant stick that is the absolute truth. Or my personal favorite, the deodorant lotions that are great on your skin and also help to make sure that uh, you're not very swampy either. Uh, So many great products there and you can get them for 20% off with the promo code DACE. 20% off with the promo code DACE when you go to sweatblock.com. Promo code DACE at sweatblock.com. So I get up yesterday morning and... What dominates my feed, my my Twitter, my X feed when I get up in the morning is this ABC News Washington Post poll. And I, I actually wasn't going to check the internals of the poll when I saw the result. Because the result so that they published is so ridiculous that I just knew, I, I figured there wouldn't be internals. Yeah, nobody's winning anything by 10 points. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, th- I just, I thought it was so ridiculous that they wouldn't publish internals. Like, you see a lot of these, like the polls that had Vivek in second place. That was a thing for 10 minutes, you know, a few months ago, and there were, like, no internals to those polls. Yeah, what what happened to him, by the way? Uh, Don't hear much from him. The debate happened to him. Yeah, apparently. Um, So, I'm like, there's not going to be internals. So, I was just going to ignore it and go on with my day. And I mean, I, I see people tweeting out, well, this poll was incredibly inaccurate in the last election. And even and it's got Trump with a massive lead. I'm like, um, that doesn't mean what you think it means. Your point is this is in an, this poll is historically inaccurate and it tells me what I want to hear. So now it must be good. That's the <laughs> I, I just I saw a take over the weekend on this poll specifically and it was from a trump booster specifically on the youth vote saying you know what i don't trust polls but with all the work that i've done with thus and such organization i'm going to enjoy this one today i'm going to enjoy this today <sighs> so you have that graphic ready yeah all right i I, I cannot believe this got published. I mean, I, I, I just can't. Yeah, you can. You know what? You're right. Yeah, you can. You know what this looks like? All the mask study that I, yes. all the mask yeah, studies that I, that I looked at that were all, the, well, let me put this way. On the right are the mask studies that were done from the Spanish flu of 1918 until June 1st of 2020. Yeah. All right. On the, so on the right were all the mask studies that were done for 100 years that told us masks against airborne viruses does not work. On the left, on the left, all the mask studies that were done starting June 1 of 2020 that just miraculously appeared to tell us now that we were wrong for 100 years. And masks now suddenly work against a novel virus that we have no idea where it comes from or how it's spread, but we're convinced that these will work 100%. Is that basically what you're saying? 
Yeah. This, this isn't I mean, a poll. This is a PSYOP. How this got published by a major organization, if you're... Yuval he understands why it got published. Yeah. That's what he's talking about. I, I respect Yuval Harari. Let me tell you what happens if Yuval Harari does this poll. Those internals aren't getting published. But he knows that the reasons why they can get away with it. This he is, knows. If you're, if you're going to do this, I mean... <laughs> The, the, Repu the Republicans are going to win the youth vote. Haven't won the youth vote this century, by the way. Last time Republicans won youth voters was 1988, and it was by, like, you know, a point. Routinely win them, lose them by double digits. Yet we're, we're, we're sitting here lamenting the state of the youth, completely buying into the rainbow mafia. What is it, 25% now of Gen Z identifies as uh, LGBTQFU? Is that yeah, right, Aaron? Yeah. Okay, so 25% of, 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 of Gen Z identifies as LGBTQFU. They came out in droves. All these young single women did this last election to vote against us because they can't kill their babies anymore. But they're going to vote overwhelmingly for Trump. And people perpetuated this. Some of the biggest names yes. perpetuated it. Yeah, they did. And this is the kind of thing I should probably just leave alone. But I can't. People told me they have the gun ready. <laughs> they did. I, I, it, it has nothing to do with the gun. It, it doesn't do me any good because it's it's pretty clear now that this is just sports talk radio. And you just want to be told that the home team's going to win regardless. Doesn't matter. And, yep. and, and, and you know what? Here's what's funny. When I did sports talk radio, I didn't do that show. I even I even tried owning the Iowa State fan publication so I would give myself a rooting interest. I still couldn't do that show. Even when I knew the people, the coach was a friend of mine. I had tens of thousands of dollars at stake with, if, if, if they had good seasons and went to bowl games. Even when it would line my pockets and help with relationships, I still was not capable of doing that show. When the home team sucked, I came on the air and I didn't blame the refs. I said the home team sucked. This is just, I, I, I'm just, par I, I, just I, I just think maybe I'm a man out of time. I represent another era. In this era, the amount of people who want to be lied to. Trump winning Catholics by 36. Reagan 84 didn't win Catholics by 36. Reagan 84 didn't win Catholics by 26. I mean, this is just, this is incredible that this got published. And when I say published, I don't mean the poll. I want to make sure you, I, you understand that. I am not shocked at all that the poll got published. I am stunned, though, that they published this. They put this out there and let people see their work. The most believable thing there, uh, non-white voters, by the way, Biden only wins them by nine. Okay. The most believable thing there is I could see a Republican nominee winning independence like that. I mean, Trump did win the independence like that in 2000. Or I'm sorry, in 2016. I, I, I could see if he tweaks the, the messaging he is, that he's run on the last few times. That I could see. How does the, all The this rest of this, though, is just beyond, absolutely beyond preposterous. 
And this was a and this is a major media organization that published this. I got I mean, I'm at the gym yesterday before church. I've got all kinds of DMs and text messages from people telling me all Fox News did yesterday morning was talk about this poll for like the entire block of programming. That's all they talked about. And there's just clearly a strong market for lying to people. People being lied to by the political system is not new. That's tale as old as time. What kind of is new, and and, in our culture, it's kind of new anyway, is is to desire to be lied to. It's the desire to. I mean, you should see the things people post to me in my mentions when I just point out data. Well, uh, you know, uh, Vivek, uh, he, he gets young voters. He's at like 3%. Okay. I, the stuff that we... we I want to win. Man, I, I don't care if the name on the back is Trump, DeSantis, DeSanctimonious, DeSantis... Buster Hyman, IP Freely, guys, more 30-year mortgage payments for the purchase of an existing home are now up 136% from three years ago. 136%. You were paying $970 on average a month three years ago. Now it's over $2,000. 136%. That... Anybody's wages go up 136% that you're aware of? Not very common. No. This this isn't sustainable. We have to defeat these people. We're just not going to do it, I don't believe, lying to ourselves every bit as much as they lie. They're always going to be better at it. If you believe it, if if you believe if Donald Trump, Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre, Steve Dace, Ron DeSantis, Chris Christie... Justin Trudeau, whoever is the GOP nominee at this time next year during the general election, if you believe the ABC News Washington Post poll will ever publish a poll that shows that candidate winning by 10 points, all right, make sure to get your seventh booster. You're either a bot or a moron and too dumb to procreate. It's not a poll, it's a psyop. But yet, that's what was dominating the conversation when I got up yesterday. And so, why do people like Yuval Harari think they can just say this stuff out loud now? Right? Like, not even a decade ago, I would have had to go to like a Reddit forum uh, or, or, or some, you know, CD bulletin board message message board and 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 pulled out these comments from an alleged Agenda 21 um, acorn activist, you know, the names from a decade ago. Mm-hmm. OK, the shadowy organiz- leftist organizations and and terms from a decade ago. Right. And 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 it would have been some post from uh, right wing. Uh, somebody right wing zip code okay 50323 you know dash 5 on reddit pulled out a clip of some of these guys one of these guys saying that that's where we would have had to get this kind of material a decade ago now we don't now they'll just broadcast it because it's they've because the demons are pretty confident that that 
that not only is the lie, see, for them, the lie is the point. But now I think they have come to the conclusion that we just desire it. We are, we want to be lied to. We, we enjoy lies. Which brings me to Trump's abortion, abortion comments. I'm ecstatic, actually, the more I think about it, that he is doing this. There is some truth to what he said. I mean, decades went by and the pro-life movement produced nothing. I mean, how many times did I do that show? I've done that show yeah. my entire career, which is why I'm, this is probably the, the most listened to show by a pro-life host that's never been invited to speak at the March for Life. <laughs> because I did, I, I made points like when he makes in that Truth Social post. Now, his indictment of the pro-life industry, I don't disagree with it at all. It's entirely accurate. I mean, you tell me from the defeat of Casey in 1992 to the heartbeat bills that started appearing in 2017, 2018. You guys tell me what was the great pro-life victory for the for those 25 years? What was it? You can have the same reaction that Trump had when Megyn Kelly asked him if a man can become a woman. Yeah, there, there isn't one. There wasn't one. Well, Steve, didn't we ban partial birth abortion? No, you did not. No, no. You banned one method of partial birth, late-term abortion. But you told the Nazis that they could still use Zyklon B now that we banned Zyklon A, which is why we were one of the last remaining nations on Earth that has late-term partial birth abortion. I think there's only six nations on Earth. China, North Korea are on the list. Good, so are, nice places. Yeah, you, company you want to keep, and, and so are we. Okay? So everything he says there, you know, our buddy Bob Vanderplatz said here last week, and we'll, we'll talk to him about this again here in about 10 minutes. He said, you know, last cycle, or the first time he ran, and while he was president, Trump exposed the left for who they are, and now he's going to expose us? Exactly. Now, I don't have a problem with a lot of that. I don't. And many, much of what Trump says in his, in his Truth Social post, I have said on this show for years. He is correct about that. Now, here's the difference between him and me, though. I did those things and exposed those things and confronted these people so that we would finally actually do things like heartbeat bills or personhood bills that would challenge Roe on the face so we could overturn it and win. What Trump is asking is that you actually cease being pro-life now on his behalf. That you, that you, set, you, you take the momentum post-Roe, you take the momentum of Roe being defeated and do nothing with it. That's what Trump is saying. That's what Trump is demanding. That's the difference. See, I, I was exposing this exact same people to get to victory of a movement. Trump is exposing these exact same people to get them to submit to him because that's, to, in his mind, that's victory. He is the victory. And what we're going to find out is for how many of you that is true. And I am entirely prepared to be disappointed. In fact, I'm expecting it. But I'm okay with that. Do I seem upset to you? No. Was I in a bad mood when I came in this morning? No. No? Has, has talking about this put me in a bad mood? We'll see. It won't. You know why? Because the truth is going to come out. That's all I care about. I gave up on outcomes a long time ago. Man, if I, if, if, if I govern myself on, on outcomes, I'd have made a lot of different choices in my career the last few years. Wouldn't have my own company invest in a movie when the vast majority of independent films 
like 75, 80% are never profitable. Wouldn't have done everything I did on COVID. Had no idea what the outcome of that was going to be. We didn't know. I mean, if I based everything I've done on outcomes, I'd have done a lot of different things in my career. Who knows? Things might have turned out better. I think they likely would have turned out worse, but I'll never know. I won't be like Fauci and argue fallacies and claim them as facts. I don't know the answer to that. I just know things would have been different. They might have been better. They might have been worse. I don't know. This would have been different. But I am totally okay with what the truth is. Because according to my worldview, outcomes aren't up to me. My, my job is to, is to, is to stand, and, stand and speak truth. And then if the people reject it, then it'll be better for Tyre and Sidon for them on the day of judgment. Then it will be those who rejected the truth when they heard it. I'm okay with whatever the truth is. I'm totally okay with it. I am fully prepared that a whole bunch of people that pretended to be pro-life for the last 30 years are going to no longer be so in order to conform to their idol. I'm completely okay with that. Because it got exposed. Now we know where everybody stands. And the truth of the matter is, we had not won anything until he came along. That is true. Now, he doesn't want you to capitalize on that momentum. He actually now wants you to be pro-choice. He wants you to allow over 90% abortion so he can win an election. They probably won't let him win anyway. And that's if he dodges 91 felony indictments. But I'm fully prepared for a lot of people to pretend Donald Trump came down from the mountain with the commandments and not Moses. And therefore he gets to self-edit them. And murder is okay now if it'll help. If, 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 if two points of single women won't vote next year, murder is okay. I am totally okay with that. I mean, I'm not morally okay with it, but I'm not, I can't control that, right? Right. All I can control is, with the, with, is, 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 did I do everything I could to, so that the truth was proclaimed, and then ultimately, whatever people choose to do with it, that's a them problem. That is not a me problem. So, I'm ecstatic he is doing this. I mean, I would imagine there's a lot of people over at the National Right to Life and Susan B. Anthony list right now whose panties are in a wad. And many of those people, frankly, deserve it. Those people, every state I went into in the last decade to try to do personhood, they opposed me in every one of those states. Every single one of them, they opposed us. So, I won't cry for me, Argentina. I am totally okay with Trump pimp slapping those people around. Because they've allowed allowed themselves to get pimped out by the Republican Party for many years anyway. So, I don't care. This is almost, frankly, kind of... Maybe, maybe the whole comparisons of Trump to Nebuchadnezzar were one cycle too early. Because this is kind of a Nebuchadnezzar thing, isn't it? God using a complete pagan to judge the duplicity of his own people. So these people have wanted nothing more than a seat at the table their entire careers. That's why they did nothing of any substance for decades. And so Trump is telling you now, you have to be pro-choice to have a seat at my table. It will be fascinating to watch them for some of you, it will be tragic. For me, it won't. Because I've already gone head-to-head with... I've gone toe-to-toe with these people my entire career. So I'll, I'll be fascinated to see how they craft becoming pro-choice. Because that's what Trump's going to demand. As you said, Aaron, what is this, a triple-down? Yeah. He is not backing down on this. He is 100% convinced you can't be pro-life and win. Because if he's saying this now in a primary, you think he's going to move to the right in a general election this time next year? No. No. 
This is the furthest right you're going to get him is between now and Super Tuesday. All right, because that's when the trials begin and everything else. So this is the furthest right you're going to get him is between now and Super Tuesday. So if he is sitting here in September of 23 saying, you've got to allow over 90% of abortions or let me allow them in order to win, he's not going to be going, he's not going to be uh, pro, uh, uh, you know, personhood in September of 24. I am, you know, I'm not disappointed by this at all. In fact, I've, it's, I would, pre- I would have preferred having the tub corn for the red wedding last November. I would have preferred that. I would have preferred that the truth come out and people respond to it affirmatively in a way that benefits us this side of Eden, this side of heaven, right? We would all prefer yes. that. Yeah. But that's not a guarantee and often is not what will occur this side of Eden in heaven, will it? No. So therefore, tub corn I will still have. It'll be, now it won't taste as well as the carnage of watching the demon crap party get annihilated last year, but I'll still enjoy this nevertheless because he is putting these people in a very tight spot and they deserve it. He is the fulfillment of what they have done to their own people for decades. He's the one being honest and I give him credit for that. He is telling you the truth. He is showing you who he really is, which is going to make it incredibly hard for big baby to lie to you about who he really is moving forward. And I look forward to seeing them try. Ta-da. I'm going to get with truth is good. Even when it hurts, that's still true. I think it's amazing that Trump to me sounds just like secretary of education. What Cardona? Is that what? Yeah. And they, the, settle down people. Don't you know? Your place. I mean, that's the... That's exactly what he's doing. Yeah, Yeah. no, the key to... Don't make a ruckus. We're the... uh, I mean, he's pulling a trust the experts uh, uh, sort of thing. It's it's appalling. Uh, Again, I understand the boomerang effect you're talking about, and I applaud it as well. But, you know, it's just an addiction to these people to just... We're only good to them if they can use us. They're not there to serve us in any fundamental way. But it's always been like that. He's at least being honest about it. And I give him credit for that. Especially because, man, it puts the people that don't want this to be honest in a real tough spot. So I just mentioned a few minutes ago, latest data is in. 30-year mortgages on existing homes are now up 136% from three years ago. September of 2020, average mortgage for an existing home 30 years was 970 bucks a month. Now it's over 2,000. 136%. That is just that's just simply not sustainable. So if you get the feeling that maybe a lot more things about our way of life are not sustainable, make sure to go to our friends over at My Patriot Supply who want to remind you it's better to have it and not need it than to need it 
and not have it. So get their three-month emergency food kit right now. That's breakfast, lunch, dinner, even drinks and snacks. The full complement of the 2,000-plus calories that you need every day. Also with 16 different types of meals inside, so you can mix and match for variety. Stays good for up to 25 years with proper storage. You can't beat it, and you get free shipping and 25% off right now if you go to preparewithdace.com. Go to preparewithdace.com, free shipping on the three-month emergency food kits, plus you get them for 25% off just in case oh that could never happen here once again ends up happening here preparewithdace.com is where you want to go that's preparewithdace.com let's welcome in our good friend bob vanderplatz good to see you brother how are you from the family leader i'm good to be here glad to be in town at least for a little while in between stops of cleveland and now dallas let's see if you still think that way here in about 15 minutes (laughs) it's good to be here because you are not listening to the open of the show right Uh, no i was in a team meeting perfect because I, I want to reset what I just said a few minutes ago and get your take on it. Oh, okay? boy. So I'm going to lay, I'm going to do the, the Reader's Digest version of what I just said, but then I'm going to let you have the, the con and, and you now take the helm and, and respond. Okay. So this morning over on Truth Social, Trump tripling down, as Aaron put it, on the, uh, the, the pro-life comments, quote, Pro-lifers had absolutely zero status on the subject of abortion until I came along. For 52 years, everyone talked but got nothing. I got it done. Now, there's more to it, but I want to just stop right there. I almost agree with every word of this. Now, I would say it wasn't 52 years. It was only 30 years, because that's how long it was between Casey versus Pennsylvania and the overturning of Roe. But he is not saying anything differently here. I mean, Bob, I've been doing this show for as long as you've known me. It's, it's why I have the largest show in the country hosted by a pro-lifer that's never been invited to speak at the March for Life. Because all the people that Trump is trying to corner right now are all the people I spent, I've spent my career confronting. What are we doing here? There's a very famous pro-life figure. I won't mention him, but there's a hint. Uh, a defrocked famous pro-life figure who opposed us in one state we went into to try to do personhood Mm -hmm. in the last decade and instead lobbied that exact same legislature to um, put in a bill that would would anesthetize babies before they were aborted. So he opposed us trying to define a, 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 a fetus as a person, but he was in favor of anesthetizing the fetus before it was murdered. This stuff went on for decades. How many of these interviews with these pro-life leaders did you hear me do for how many years? Oh, sure. I've done this show a million times. Everything he is saying is he, he is correct. The timetable is a little exaggerated, but the premise of what Donald Trump is saying here about the pro-life movement, or I would call it an industry, is entirely correct in my view. Entirely. National right to life. We went into six or seven states in the last decade to try to do life at conception and national right to life. They opposed us in every single one of those states. If you have been listening to the show for a, a period of years or Bob, you and I have been friends. Go, I mean, I did this show locally. How we've many had, times? We've had this battle. We've had this battle. He is, he is correct. But here's the difference between him, why he's saying it and why I am saying it and why I said it before he said it. I said it so that we would do things like personhood and heartbeat bills that would actually define what life is so we could actually craft legislation that would challenge Roe on the merits in the hopes of overturning it. Meaning my goal of confronting these political pimps was to come up was to hopefully get more principled and effective legislation so we could actually win. 
if you read the rest of what he writes in Truth Social, he is doing this confrontation so that you will cease being pro-life, so that you will be pro-choice now. And, 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 and align with him in allowing well over 90% of abortions in America to remain legal. Hmm. He is doing the same thing with the same messaging that I did for my enti the entirety of my career to all of the same people and organizations. But I did it to actually try to move us to victory. He's doing it to try to actually move us to the other side of the argument. And, and I have to tell you, I'm ecstatic to see this. You know, all the talk about Trump as Nebuchadnezzar in 2016 one cycle too early mm -hmm. this is a nebuchadnezzar move this is god using a straight-up pagan to judge his own people these people who had no plan to they, they they spent decades raising how much money with nothing to show for it nothing then then they have they oh have, they have stuff to show for it offices staff yeah, exactly bonuses no no, no post uh, no post row plan of action at all none and so we're getting our asses kicked in michigan got our asses kicked in ohio a state that trump won by nine so they have no plan post row they had no plan pre-row all right and and so all the, their only plan was who whatever republican gives us a seat at the table that's our guy and trump comes along and says oh wait that's your standard you mean you mean i could have gotten you in 2016 without pretending <laughs> to be pro-life all i had to do was be the the polling front runner and you guys would have given me everything that i wanted well then the old deal is off friends i'm not giving you any deal you're now going to compromise and sacrifice to me i am your judgment i am your instrument of punishment this is a very nebuchadnezzar move and brother i am here for it i can't i can't wait to see how your peer group who's can you imagine how many panties in a water in washington dc right now and they're posh offices there on k street or thereabouts figuring out how are we going to navigate around this one i can't wait to see them try because he ain't going to let them off the hook man you are either whore yourself out for him or nothing and you'll like it and i'm here for it is it is it the argument that i would prefer now let me be, I'll be a little bit more serious for a second is it the argument that i would prefer to have no but if this is the way the truth has to come out, then let justice roll on like a river of righteousness, mm. like a mighty stream. And you sat there a week ago and said, you know, when he ran the first time, Trump exposed the left for who they are. And now he's going to expose us for who they are. Oh, yes. Long live the king. <laughs> Long live King Nebuchadnezzar. Bring the pain. All the people you're doing this to, Don, they all deserve it. Every last one of them. Now the, now the, now the mic is yours. <laughs> well, first of all, it's great to be here yet. Um, I said last week he's exposing us. I think here he's also exposing himself. When is, when is it the most opportune time to be bold and courageous and to be yelling and screaming for your causes when you're in the minority and when you can't do anything about it? However, when you get to be majority status, now it's in that bold and courageous spirit. We've seen it time and time again in D.C., our own state legislature. It gets to be very damp and very weakened. Why? Because now I can do something about it. Roe v. Wade. We kept telling, we kept raising funds. We went overturn Roe v. Wade, went overturn Roe v. Wade. Trump said, I'll give you three justices to overturn Roe v. Wade. And he did a transactional leadership role, and he, he delivered three justices. They overturned Roe v. Wade. Now Trump, though, is also calling and saying, but now we're going to retreat. 
I mean, now we're going to be as pro-choice as anybody in that heartbeat bill that DeSantis signed, that Reynolds signed, that Mississippi signed, that South Carolina signed. It's too harsh. It's awful. So I believe, Steve, not only is he exposing the industry for the industry itself, but I think he's also exposing his heart. I gave you what you wanted me to give you. I gave it to you. But now understand where I'm really at here. And by the way, you guys that are really pro-life, the Steve Daces, the Todd Erzins, you know, the Aaron McIntyre's, you guys who are really pro-life, you cost us the midterm 2022 election. And now what we're trying to do, and I'm telling you what, the American people can smell it a mile off, is that we want to nuance the very issue that we said we were going to take a stand on. But now we're going to nuance it. Why? So we can win. We really don't believe in this this whole deal that God created you in your mother's womb. He knit you together. He planned and ordained every day before one came to be. We really don't believe that. Now we're going to say, let's start moving the, the ball or the ball markers around to find out what can we get so we can win. So is he exposing us? I believe he is exposing us. But I think he's also showing us his true heart at the same time. I told this audience to be prepared to be disappointed by the response of their pro-life leadership. On the other hand, I'm also expecting to be disappointed by the average pro-lifer. I think think that the idolatry here is going to run deep and there's going to be all kinds of people that six months ago, a year ago, celebrated you know, we celebrated all these new pro-life uh, bills with some robust, some some actual test, you know, testicular fortitude. Celebrated the overturning of Roe, who will now turn around and say, "Well, we can't win with these things." And you know yep. what? And I'm looking forward to it. And how many times Actually. have we heard that? We can't win the next election by doing, by being who we really believe we are. Like we're fooling people in the process. The thing where, where Trump doubles down, I've done more for the pro-life movement than anybody in the history. He's doubling down on it. He's embracing it. So now, now by him running away from it, saying, you know, but the heartbeat bill that DeSantis signed was, was awful and it was too harsh and whatever it is. It's not like he's got a pro-choicer way and go, now I can support him. Right after he claimed, I I overturned Roe v. Wade. I did the most pro-life thing in the history. I did it. I'm taking credit for it. So he's trying to have it both ways. But I think what we're seeing is a lot of the supporters here as well. The activists, the base, the people are going to make a difference in the caucuses in the primary. They're trying to have it both ways, too. We celebrate the overturn of Roe v. Wade. But doggone it, we need Donald Trump who says, I'm going to negotiate a deal on life that both sides are going to be. This is no time. He's he's obviously a pro-choice candidate. It is not a pro-life candidate in 2024, even though he overturned Roe v. Wade. This is all the same stuff that McCain and Romney said. Oh, sure it is. No, nothing, nothing's changed. Nothing's new I, under I've the sa- sun. I've said in this chair for years during the entire Trump era, and, 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 and how many times, Todd, have I said? Nothing has changed. Mm-hmm. Nothing has fundamentally changed. It, it, the cake, the frosting is zanier, but mm-hmm. this is the same cake. I mean, Aaron, on Friday, you did the, the day group intro when we talked about this not knowing, of course, that Trump was going to open up this morning by tripling down on the same topic. And Aaron pulled out clips of Romney 10 years ago, John McCain 15 years ago, verbatim saying all the exact same things. Nothing, nothing has changed. Nothing has. It's what we're looking for. So we're really looking for a candidate to say, look it, 
Uh, we overturned Roe v. Wade. That wasn't the end of the story. That's actually the beginning of the story. Now we need to be authentically pro-life and lead on a culture of life and lead the Americans to embrace a culture of life. And I believe America is becoming more and more pro-life, even as our pro-life politicians run away from the life issue. I think what they're doing is they're saying, I want to have the sincerity. And the reason some of these people are backing Trump, at least he's given them sincerity. I was a transactional leader. I, I delivered three justices that overturned Roe v. Wade, but now understand my heart. I don't believe you should be allowed to cease abortions at six weeks or 15 weeks, and maybe it's 22 weeks or whatever. It's a deal of he's not pro-life. So at least he's at least he's being the real thing. And I think it's what people want is they want to have a real a real candidate. Here's something else I think you're going to see, too. And, and this is, this will be fun. I mean, I'll, now, my idea of fun's a little different than most people. You know, I, I just find the truth fun, no matter how uncomfortable it is, no matter how insulting or or uh, or painful it is. I just like truth. So here is a question that Glenn Beck, Glenn, our, our Glenn Beck asked Ron DeSantis on his podcast this week, quote, there's going to be potentially on the ballot in Florida a referendum for a constitutional amendment to basically have abortion on demand. If that passes, that means the legislature can never do anything to protect life. Do you think they're going to run ads of Trump, of Trump, uh, Trump's saying to voters, uh, Trump didn't like this, vote the other way for us? Are they going to weaponize what he said to try to defeat the cause of life? That's actually a question and answer between Glenn Beck and Ron DeSantis on the podcast that, uh, went, that, that Ron was on this week with mm -hmm. Glenn. That's absolutely going to happen. But, but, but that's not even going to be the most fun part. That's going to be fun to see. That's going to be a ton of fun. What's going to be even more fun is at the same time they're going to do that, they're going to ping Trump for uh, being an extremist that overturned Roe versus Wade and hates women. So... I just want you all to know what is coming. You're playing both sides against You're, the middle. That's There's exactly no way. right. That's exactly right. Just like just like you got to buy all that Middle Eastern oil to fund the very people um, whose land you were occupying and your sons and daughters were needlessly dying in for a decade. Mm -hmm. You got to pay for both sides of that. You played for the you paid for their your with your blood and their treasure. Mm -hmm. You you paid for both sides of that. Oh yes, this is this is what's going to be just truly fun, and I can't wait to see it. Really. Um, you're going to be called an extremist who hates women at the same time they're using your candidate's words to actually kill more children at the same time. And I, I'm here for it. I, I can't wait to see it because it's deserved. And Steve, what we talked about and we talked about our team meeting. We need to make sure we choose well in 2024. And what we're looking for is still a champion for the culture of life, someone who can be a messenger, who can deliver it with concern for, for, the, for the woman, for the baby, for the father, for the family, whatever it is. But we're going to stand in the gap for the sanctity of human life until all life is cherished. And one day that this country will look back on and say, I can't believe we did what we did for how long to, to basically prop up an abortion industry just to kill our own, our own children. I mean, this has gone on historically where it's a thing where killing the children defines a society. We need to rise up at this time. We need a real champion and a real leader for it. And that's what we're looking for. You know, I haven't had to ask this question in a long time. And I used to ask this question on my show all the time, all the time. So let me bring it back. Since we're, since we're just <laughs> playing the hits now, we're just nothing. There's nothing new under the sun. We're having all the same arguments and all the same debates. And, and apparently we had to reset them because this, a lot of this was like pre Twitter. 
okay, and pre-Instagram, you know, and so it was a very linear cable thing. And so now a new generation needs to hear all these fallacies now. Mm -hmm. So let me go ahead and bust this one out because, man, from Richard Land to Tom Minnery, I can't tell you how many pro-life leaders I absolutely just broke down in a primordial ooze by asking this question. You ready? I'm ready. How many babies can a Republican kill and still be pro-life? It's a great question. I mean, where do you define the sanctity of human life? And I think it's why we keep losing the debate, because we're not willing to have the argument on its merits. Who creates life? Who defines life? Is that, is that life have a separate DNA? Is that life have a separate heartbeat? Is that day planned and ordained before one comes to be? And if that's the case, then you have to be for all life. You have to be pro-life from conception to natural death. And there, by walking away from that argument, we continue to lose that argument, even in a post-roll world. You guys want to add anything here in the last 30 seconds? You might just need to alter what you just asked about Republicans and replace Republican with Christian. Oh, even better. I'm okay with how that, many, too. How many babies can a Christian yeah. kill and still call themselves I, a Christian? You guys don't Because understand. that's really where we are on yeah. this. That's where the issue came from. How many babies can your candidate for president kill before, you, before they lose your endorsement? I love the fact that he's going to make us find out. I mean, I truly do. He's going to, he, he's been good at exposing. I think he is exposing us, but I believe he's also exposing, he's revealing his heart in this whole process as well. We'll come back. Thank you, Bob. You bet. Thank you. It'll be Ask Me Anything Time. What's that? I'm glad I got to participate. (laughs) It's kind of a wild moment. It'll be Ask Me Anything when we come back. Back here at Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Aaron McIntyre, Todd Erzin, and all of you. And you can let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. You can like us on Facebook, MeWe, and Gab. Follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter, Getter, Instagram, and TikTok. You'll find me on Truth Social as well over at Real Steve Dace there. And don't forget again, last name is D-E-A-C-E. Also, don't forget if you're a podcast listener, please leave us a five-star review if you have yet to do this. Hit subscribe or follow. And thank you to all of you that have done that as well. If you do those things, it makes sure um, that every new episode we do shows up in your feed each and every time we do one. So thank you to each of you that have done all those things for the program. And thank you as well to our friends over at Fume. And they know cold turkey may be great on sandwiches, but there's a better way to break bad habits. And we're not talking about like weird mind voodoo from your crazy neighbor. We're talking about our partners over at Fume, and they look at the problem of bad habits in a different way. Because not everything in a bad habit is wrong. So instead of a drastic, uncomfortable change, why not just remove the bad from the habit? Fume is an innovative award-nominated device that does just that. Instead of electronics, Fume is completely natural. Instead of vapor, Fume uses flavored air. And instead of harmful chemicals, Fume uses all natural, delicious flavors. You get it. Instead of bad, Fume is good. It's a habit you're free to enjoy and makes replacing your bad habit easy. 
and your fume comes with an adjustable airflow dial, and so it's designed with movable parts and magnets for fidgeting, which even gives your fingers a lot to do. That's helpful for de-stressing and anxiety while breaking your habit. Stopping is something so many of you have put off because it's hard, but switching the fume is easy, enjoyable, and even fun. And that's why Fume has served over 100,000 customers and has thousands of success stories, and there's no reason that one of them now can't be you. So join Fume in accelerating your breakup with destructive habits by picking up the journey pack today head to tryfume.com and use the code steve to save 10 percent off when you're there and that's the journey pack look for the journey pack at tryfume that's f-u-m m as in mary tryfume.com use the code steve for an additional 10 percent off again tryfume.com use the code steve for an additional 10 percent off and with that It is time now to ask me anything. Questions submitted from our audience on Facebook, none of of which I have seen. Todd, you have curated those questions, decided which ones will be answered. And Aaron, you have the questions, so let's let it rip. We will begin with Tim Overlin. What will it take for major changes to happen on the offensive coaching staff for the Hawkeyes? My thought is that if Ryan cared for his father's legacy, he'd voluntarily resign. So I think this is meant for me. Well, it's meant for both of you. I, I think okay. the way it's put is interesting. I, I just think the in your football world, we're following question two. Your, your football world is just weird right now, Aaron, yeah. for different reasons. The only reason I watch the Hawkeyes is because I also watch the Chiefs the next day. I wouldn't be able to watch. Uh, them. I, I have a very short answer. They're a package deal. Yeah, it's never going to change up until um, Saturday night when they lost at Penn State 31 to nothing and mustered up like two yards of offense. I thought this offense was improved in the sense that toe fungus is preferable to gonorrhea. You know, it still sucks. It's still gross. Um, now you are sounding like a, pro, a pro-life leader, brother. <laughs> yeah. uh, so it's, it's not going to change unless the coaching staff overhaul, uh, it, o- overall is changed, whether that's Ferentz retiring or getting fired. He's not getting fired, so it's not going to change. Next up. Jason Glover. Will Travis Kelsey's courtship of Taylor Swift bring a liberal succubus curse to the Kansas City Chiefs <laughs> nice that exceeds reference. in both severity and duration the curse of the great Bambino? So this is like out of the, a scene out of The Natural, right? When Roy Hobbs starts messing around with uh, Kim Basinger, right? And, you know, he goes in the tank because it's an unrighteous relationship and with the, his childhood sweetheart played by Glenn Close comes back into the picture and you know they had a summer fling before he went off to the minor leagues and she gets pregnant and doesn't know that he has a son this entire time and that's the inspiration that puts him back on the path of winning the pennant, right? No, I don't, I don't think that's so, how this is going to work at all. I, I think that, um, I, 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 in fact, if anything, in this era, it will work the opposite. Things are starting to make more sense now. You see uh, Travis Kelsey is now pimping the Pfizer yes. jab. Oh, yes. yeah. So I guess you can add uh, having terrible taste in women uh, to a side effect of that jab. By the way, uh, bigger chance of breaking Travis Kelsey's heart, the Pfizer jab or Taylor Swift? Oh, Dude. yes. That's why Dude. I wanted to hear what Aaron had to say about these questions. That's He's thought about it and he's nailed it. That's a great line. That'll preach right there. That is well said. The one thing I do kind of worry about the Chiefs right now, where their franchise is, they are at an absolute zenith point where it's almost like good grief. When this thing goes down, whether that's in a week or in 10 years or five years, 
that's going to be one of the, it's going, I don't know. I'm just fearing a fall from grace very, very quickly because they are just like ever present everywhere. That's why people hate us. Next, Holly Mathiason says, can you recommend a book or podcast that will help me better understand the book of Revelation? No. <laughs> what about the last uh, half of Daniel, Steve? Okay. Sure. Scott Hahn, The Lamb Supper. Any Anything I recommend, I, I'm just <laughs> going to get destroyed in my mentions, in my feed, and frankly, there's other things I'd rather be getting destroyed about right now. So no, uh, I, the answer is no, I cannot do that. Tara Furlow Hartgen says, if you were a fifth grade social studies teacher teaching kids American history... What do you think is the most important thing they should know? Any amazing resources for that age group? Actual history. So when I, when I started a, a series um, of children's books on America's Christian heritage, why did I start with Thanksgiving and the pilgrims? Because that's where American history starts. It really starts with them. And... They, they are the true cultural origin point of everything that became America. So I would start with that. And, 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 and I would truly teach who the Puritans were and what they thought and what they believed. Now, the, the problem with that here, and this actually goes back to the previous question. <laughs> you know why that's not done? Come on, you want to know, don't you? You want to know. Do you want to know why that's not done? I mean, there are two reasons why one of them's obvious. And we all know that reason. Right? The spirit of the age doesn't want the, the spiritual Christian influence uh, that was instrumental in the founding and establishing and framing of America to be passed down. That's pretty obvious, right? Right. Except that's, that's not the full truth. The reality is much of whom the Puritans were and what they taught as Christians um, is just, an, it, it's just doesn't comport with modern post scopes, monkey trial, Schofield Bible notes, um, dispensational premillennial Christianity. It just doesn't. And so that's why it doesn't get taught. But I would start there. I mean, I, I don't think we have to embellish American history at all. I don't even necessarily agree with every Puritan teaching. I don't even know what I think about every Puritan teaching. I just, you know, I don't feel like I have to be ashamed of it. it you know. On one hand, we should be ashamed of some of what they thought, but, but, but then we should treat the country they founded on those, on those beliefs as if it's holy, it was formed from holy writ. Which, which one of these things? Both of these things can't possibly be true. But most Christians have, in modern-day America, if they have been taught anything of biblical orthodoxy, most of them, and that's, that's extremely low, but if they have, it has largely been through one particular prism. And so the idea that there's this entire new line of thought within Christendom, hundreds of centuries years old, and that's before Todd even chimes in with his church that's two centuries old. Before we even get to that, before we even get to arguing with the, heath the, the Romanist heathens, 
Okay, we can't even get the Protestants to look at their own teaching history and traditions. So before we can argue with the Romanists, we aren't even willing to truly teach what the Puritans believed. Postmillennialism, theonomy, those things are just dreadful. There's whole Christian podcasts that are done talking about how heretical these teachings are. And they're literally embedded in the DNA of America. So I, I would just I would just not be afraid of the truth. One of, one of the churches that the, the second church Amy and I attended um, that we were members of and we, you know, we get saved in this really shallow suburban mega church. And then, you know, it's very clear that we're not going to grow there. And so we did the exact opposite. We go to this smaller neighborhood church of, uh, that's really serious about Bible teaching and we loved it there and had so many good years there. And I was even on the, the preaching team there for a while. And, um, and the pastor, God bless him, Pastor Bob, just a great man of God. Pastor Bob decides that even though he's a hardcore futurist, if you're into eschatology, you know what that term means. Even though he's like a hardcore futurist, he thinks that it's, it would be smart for people to know what the Christian church in various eras has taught about eschatology, you know? And so he decides he's going to set up this adult Bible Sunday school class, which means it's voluntary, Okay. You come on your own and it's, there's, he's got two individuals in the church that are really deep Bible scholars and, and, and everybody, you know, in, in our church is very well versed with the left behind view, the futurist view, the premillennial dispensational view. That's the dominant view of modern American eschatology. But there's two other views, you know, there's, there's, there's postmillennials and there's amillennials. And, and so during different eras of the church, these were actually the, the, the dominant conventional wisdoms about how and when Christ will return. So he thought, it, you know, it, that's church history and stuff that people should know that, you know. And so there were two very, you know, very deep Bible scholars in, in our church at the time who were very helpful in my own growth spiritually. And so they're going to teach the other two views. And one of them gets up to teach the very first week. And these are seasoned saints, people that are going to a hardcore biblical church, man, where you know, Pastor Bob was an MP in, in Korea, all right? So um, he arrested other soldiers, you know what I'm saying? So this is not a shrinking violet by any stretch of the imagination. And so even in this church, the idea that there might not be a rapture, people lost, at least as they've been taught it, and there might not be a seven-year pact with Israel, and there may not be a war of Gog and Magog, as they've been taught it, people lost their minds and the whole thing got canceled after one session because people couldn't handle it. There were so many complaints. There's a lot of I can't handle the truth in every belief system in America today. A lot of it. That's why I really enjoyed having dinner with your Catholic group last week. After it was over, several of them tried to gang up on me and it was it was fun. When I say gang up, it wasn't like I, I didn't, it wasn't negative. So why aren't you, we went back and forth for a good 20, 15, 20 minutes on it. Nobody's opinions were changed. Nobody's opinions had to be changed. But nobody felt compelled to like apologize for what they thought or believed either. Just a very honest and open exchange of ideas. Much of the church doesn't want that either. It's not just them out there. We don't really want that either. So... If you're going to teach real American history, start where it began, with the Puritans, and actually teach who the Puritans were.
not the caricature that is often being sold in Protestantism. Who were they really? Because they were instrumental in the founding of the country. Their beliefs that civil law, secular law should comport with divine law, theonomy. Heavily influential. Where did they get that? Well, they got it from men like Augustine. They got it from men like Aquinas. Any man-made code that doesn't square with the natural law or God's revealed law is no law at all, and it should be. It should be ignored. And then Blackstone in the laws of the commentary of the, of the common law of England, he preached the exact same thing. And that's those are the law books that all your founders read from when they went to law school at Harvard, Yale, in the nascent eight era of those universities. They read Blackstone's commentaries on the common laws of England, and it quoted right from Augustine, right from Aquinas. That's what the Puritans believed. Now it's a dreaded word, theonomy. It's a dreaded word in most American churches. Well, that's our history, man. So I'm not saying you have to agree with it, but at least teach it and be honest about it. When Amy got her first, um, she had to get a theology degree before she could get a counseling degree to be a biblical counselor. Makes sense, right? Okay. So her last class for, to complete her theology degree was an eschatology class. And the professor at Luther Rice University where she got her in, in, down in, um, um, I think that's in Atlanta, um, where she got her eschatology degree from was a like hardcore left behind her kind of guy. And I mean, she would have me listen to his lectures and they were just really obnoxious. He even said, I have the same eschatology as Jesus. He said those words out loud. So when it came time for Amy to write her final, which is the majority of her grade was going to be based on it. She's like, what do you think is a good topic? I said, do you want to, you want to really go for it? She said, yeah. I said, okay. This guy is going to get, everybody else is going to write this guy a, a final telling him how correct he is about his one view of eschatology to all fluffer him. They're all going to do that. You should do the opposite. You should write a column. Your, your final, your final uh, thesis should be on the Puritans and the role that post-millennialism and theonomy played in the founding of America. It'll completely throw him off. And I'll bet you'll earn his respect because you tried it. And I got all kinds of books because I've got books in my library on every eschatological view. I've got, I've got the books in the library. I'll tell you which ones to go with that you can, you know, base your paper on. It's like a 20-page paper. She did. Completely gave him a viewpoint opposite of what he had taught in the class the entire semester. He thought it was all bunk, but so admired her chutzpah for trying it, he gave her an A. See, I, that's, I would start with the truth. Too much of the church is, unaf- is afraid of the truth has to fit into my narrative. Narrative is not, a tr- is not truth, unless it actually aligns with truth. So if we're going to teach American history, start at the beginning. That's why I started my children's books at the beginning. The Bible begins with, what book is at the beginning of the Bible? The book titled The Beginning or Genesis. That's what it means. So if we're going to teach American history, let's start with the beginning. And then actually teach it good and bad. I don't think we have to embellish any of it. I don't think we have to lie about it. don't think we have to cover any of its warts up. Tell the truth about it all. It's like our own collective testimony as a people that God largely remained faithful in blessing this country despite our many, our many mistakes as he is with us as individuals. Tell that truth. By the way, book two, next spring. It's going to be Why Easter? And then in, um, that'll be out before Easter next year, next spring. And then in 2026, 
for the for the bicentennial, we will have. Um, I think it, I think that's two fifty, right? Twenty twenty six is is two fit two hundred fifty years of America. Yeah, right. Is that bicentennial, bicentennial is two hundred? All right. So what's two hundred fifty then? Do we know? I don't know. Boy, we, we all you can tell we all went to public school. We don't know. Okay. So for the two hundred fiftieth, let's just say for the two hundred fiftieth birthday, whatever that word is, we're gonna do Y Independence Day, and that will wrap up the trilogy. That'll be in the summer of twenty twenty six. Semi quincentennial. All right, we're going to go with 250th birthday. We're just going to go with that. All right, before we continue on with Ask Me Anything, a word from our friends over at Jace Medical. They're the same company that brought us the Jace case to make sure there was not another ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine suddenly determined to be dangerous right when they might be needed the most. So they wanted to make sure you had a backup of some of the most venerable proven medications out there. Now they want to make sure you've got a backup of your medications. So whether we're talking about cholesterol, diabetes, heart health, blood pressure, even mental health or more, all right, make sure you've got a 12-month backup of your own medications just in case of a quote-unquote emergency all right go to jacemedical.com to get that peace of mind j as in jump at this right now j-a-s-e jacemedical.com and use the discount code dace at checkout for the discount code dace at checkout for the discount when you go to jacemedical.com again code dace for the discount at checkout at jacemedical.com Next up, Chris Allen says, what should we be looking for in a men's ministry group within our church? What types of things should they be doing and what are warning signs of a group not doing what it's supposed to be doing? If the men's ministry is not on the right path, what should we be challenging our leaders with? So um, men primarily need accountability from other men. Did I say exclusively need that? No. No. I said primarily need that. Women primarily need support from other women. Did I say they exclusively or singularly need that? No. No. I said they primarily need that. Does that mean women do not need accountability from other women? No. Of course not. Does that mean men do not need encouragement from other men? No. No. But primarily, they need accountability. So, accountability, and then men need action. Men will get bored with the philosophical meandering. Action. What are we doing here? What are we doing here? With what, what, what are we doing with the word? What are we doing with these examples we're talking about of heroes of the faith or what the church did in the past? What are we doing? So uh, accountability, one. Encouragement, two. Especially because a lot of the men that, that, that are going to step in fully to manhood did not have a great example of that. And are not going to be encouraged in other places to stay on that road. So it, it, it can't all be tough love. Now, there must be some tough love. There must be. Men require this. But it can't exclusively be that. That's a brotherhood. You need to know the same guys calling you out are the same guys that will have your back. And then a, a battle plan. What are we going to do? What do we want to impact? What's the, what's the battle plan? We're going to stand together and we're going to do what? Those are the three things I would say. Accountability, number one. Encouragement, number two. And a battle plan, number three. Next. With my microphone on. 
Al Hustis III says, what advice would you give to DeSantis for the upcoming debate? So I thought, I thought Ron did in the first debate exactly what I thought he had to do in the first debate. He needed to reestablish the premise of his campaign after the shakeup and everything else that went on this summertime. Most people were first spe- were just now beginning to pay attention on August 23rd when that debate took place. So I think he needed to reintroduce himself to the American people, come across as, as knowledgeable, competent, articulate. Um, and I think he did all those things. And I think he was right to kind of stay away from the inter- from most of the interactions with the other candidates. This next one, I think he needs to, I think now he needs to show he is, he is, he truly towers over the other candidates. I think he should step fully into the Trumpian role. Uh, the role he would have if Trump were not running is he would kind of be the Trump candidate, the front runner and the disruptor and the outsider and everybody would be gunning for him. He should step fully into that and because because he's going to get all that fire anyway. So step fully into it and start um, firing off on your own. I think it's I think it's time to knock some people out now. I think I think playtime is over now. And I think it I think it's time to 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 uh, to to make sure everybody walks out of that Reagan library that night and everybody walks. It turns off the debate next or coming up on Wednesday night. And it's very clear that there's one person on that stage most capable and um, possible to be president of the United States. And it's him. That's what. I did, I should say, I did get asked to go do the spin room for the DeSantis campaign at this debate. I cannot do it. I just, it, it's halfway, it's, on an, it's like literally on the other side of the continent. And I just can't make it work for everybody's schedules. You guys is my own on, on this short of notice. They asked me this weekend. I can't do it. Maybe we're discussing, I might go do it in Miami. That's the third debate in early November. We shall see. Next Joanna Lutz says, do you and Todd have any sort of bet going on for the Packers and Lions game? Do you ever get together to watch these games? We've watched them before when they've gone on here in the studio. We had a nighttime show. We've done that. Like if they played on a Thursday night or a Monday night then. Yeah. This isn't a traditional rivalry. It's, like I said, it is the Packers have just been the Packers since, you know, Brett Favre. Uh, arrived on the scene in the uh, what, 95, 94, mm-hmm. you know, and the Lions have have been the Lions. So it's not, uh, it would be funny though. I did, I put this on there mostly. Can you imagine if they, like with the three of us, we had like a, a Manning cast for football? That could be fun. That could be fun. We should maybe consider doing something like that Thursday night. Aaron, do we have access to our live YouTube feed, our, our YouTube feed? Can we do that? Yeah. Do we have Maybe. access or is it just the Blaze have access to that? Oh, I, I, no, I could, I mean, we have access to okay. that. Okay. That might, that might not be the worst thing in the world, man. This Thursday night? Yeah, because the Packers and the Lions are the Thursday night game this week. Yeah. The Lions are the I've first team in NFL history to play three Thursday night games in a season, I believe. The annual Thanksgiving game, the game against your team to open it up. Why don't you guys do, why don't you and Todd do his Twitter spaces together? Is that, that's audio, right? Yep. We're just commenting in terms of audio. That, yeah. I'm not opposed to it. That could be fun. Yeah. Because I'll be watching. I will tell you, I did not see yesterday's game with the Lions coming. It, it wasn't just that they won. 
they were just like in complete control. They were that's it. They're a very injured, beat up football team. They were in completely complete control. Hadn't held a team to a touchdown or less since 2018. Falcons had like the top rushing offense in the NFL. They had 44 yards. Here's the thing though that blew me away more than anything. This is a guarantee. Every time the Lions have a failed player, that they a player they drafted high and then he failed and they had to let him go. He when when they play him next, he always lights us up. Like I remember Joey Harrington came back with Nick Saban's Miami Dolphins to play us on Thanksgiving Day, had a QBR of 112 and threw for three touchdowns against us and destroyed us on Thanksgiving Day. So we're playing our former top pick, Jeff Okuda, for the Falcons yesterday. Didn't have a single defensive stat. That never happens. That We always have a failed former player comes back and makes some great play or beats us. Every time. Every single time. <laughs> Yesterday's game completely threw me America off. America right now is no mas. No mas. I couldn't do this for a whole game. I'm, I just, you know what I've realized, Todd, is we're, we're conducting an exorcism within this franchise. And those can go on for a while. And sometimes it looks like one side's going to win. Sometimes it looks like the other side's going to win, you know. But you've got to complete the process, okay? And so we're in the midst of completing an exorcism of a franchise. And that's a key step now is a former, a failed former player came into our stadium and didn't do anything. That never happens. Never happens. So that's another mark in. Are we casting this place out, or are we are we still in? Is this still an infestation? Ago you were posting follow the House of Usher memes. I know. So. I know because that's what an exorcism is. It's a it's a messy process, man. Okay. And sometimes it love him. And sometimes it has to end where you just take the demon under yourself and then just take a header out the window. That, that was famously done in a movie once. Next. Yes, I guess. C. Ellie says here in New York, illegals were given the right to vote in uh, New York local elections across all five boroughs, including those with historical red Republican leadership. All that is required is 30 days presence impact on elections going forward. Also, now that illegals can be hired in Illinois as cops with right to arrest citizens impact there. I think you're not going to like what I'm going to say. And I don't like that I have to say it, okay? Because this isn't how it's supposed to work. But if you live in New York and you were thinking your elections, you had a chance in your elections, I, I don't know what to tell you. If you're living in Illinois and you think there was any chance whatsoever that they weren't going to choose illegal aliens over you, you have to understand where, you're, where you live, right? Like, I live in Iowa, so I have to, I, I've got to understand, even though I'm going to complain about it every year, winter's going to come every year. Winter's going to happen every year. I'm not going to get to fly straight to every major market in America from my airport. There's trade-offs everywhere we live, right? But, but okay. we still live in America. You don't. Yeah, you, you need to understand if you live in a state like New York or Illinois, you are a dissident. You're not a citizen. And so maybe, maybe the, the overall joys of living there and the connection of relationships outweigh everything else cool that's the choice you have made but understand your citizenship is a wasteful void that's just the reality of it you're a dissident there so i mean you're you're not even you're 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 if abraham had chosen to live within sodom and gomorrah is basically what you are 
You're not Abraham on his own. You're Abraham if he had chosen to live in Sodom and Gomorrah. So coming up in the overtime today, we're going to discuss... It is now official Gavin Newsom and Ron DeSantis will debate in Georgia, November 30th, Aaron, correct? Yes. And Sean Hannity will be the moderator of that debate. So we will discuss that in the overtime for Blaze TV subscribers later today. We'll record it right after today's show, and then it will be uploaded for you at blazetv.com slash dace, D-E-A-C-E, blazetv.com slash dace. Just 10 bucks a month if you want to subscribe today to Blaze TV, and then you'll get to watch it later today if you're a subscriber right there at blazetv.com slash dace. Part two of, uh, of Ask Me Anything brought to you by our friends over at Patriot Mobile. For years, they have been on the cutting edge of helping to create America's parallel economy. They are America's really only American mobile phone company remaining. They have an outstanding customer service team. They're U.S.-based. What does that mean, Steve? It, so why does it mean? Was it, who cares if they live in the U.S.? Well, you care because it means you can actually understand them. But then they also make sure that you get the best service. They make switching as seamless as possible. Uh, they give you access to all of the major networks. You can switch at any time for free if you need to. And now you also know, though, that you're not going to directly give your money to the people that hate you because they support the same values and the same causes that you do. If you're a veteran or first responder, when you go to make the switch to Patreon Mobile, make sure you let them know so that you can get some extra special ways of saying thank you for your service. For the rest of us, you'll get a free activation if you use my name, Steve, as your offer code when you go to patriotmobile.com slash Steve. Again, that's patriotmobile.com slash Steve, or you can go and call them at 972-PATRIOT, 972-PATRIOT, or patriotmobile.com slash Steve with the discount code Steve. All right, Aaron, let's continue on. We will continue with Jacob Markgraf, who asks this, if you had to raise your family now, knowing what you know from raising them and what time it is, what would you do differently with them from newborn until they graduate high school? I would have spent more time continuing to grow the relationship between me and their mom. We, we made the same mistake that a lot of Christian couples make when the kids get older and now they're involved in school and activities and other things and just kind of put our relationship on the back burner and put everything into them. And did that for so long that we almost walked away from that relationship. So that's what I would have done differently. And I think if Amy were here, she'd give the exact same answer. Great question. Next, John Lyons. Do you think there's any market for a new animation company to rise up and be what Disney once was? Absolutely, I do. I mean, look at what, um, I mean, we haven't talked to him in about a year, but, you know, look at what uh, Eric July, who you see on our friend Saren Gonzalez's uh, roundtable program quite a bit what he has done in the comics industry. I mean, he's turned that into a pretty lucrative uh, venture just with a few independent artists making non-woke comics. I absolutely believe there is a market. Here's, here's the challenge that we have. And I can speak to this now, I guess, I'm technically now a conservative filmmaker, whatever that means, okay? 
the the biggest challenge we have well we the first challenge we had and we're going to talk more about this tomorrow the first challenge we had is can we make really good content and i think this year proved we have absolutely turned the corner in the conservative slash faith-based content medium I, I watched a screener copy of The Blind last night, and we're going to talk more about this in Pop Culture Tuesday tomorrow. That's the um, autobiography of our, our friend and colleague, Phil Robertson, from Duck Dynasty. It comes out this weekend in theaters. It is very well done. But it is also not... This is not the... You know, this is not the movie your sweater-vested uh, megachurch pastor is going to recommend. It's closer to Father Stew. It's not quite... When it comes to Raw, it's not on the same playing field as Father Stu. I'm not saying that. But in terms of temperament, it is much closer to Father Stu than um, Hallmark cringe, cheesy conversion scene uh, content. So I, I think we are ready to, I think we've, we, we are capable now of meeting the first challenge. And that's, First and foremost, we have to make good content. And I think if, if, if you look at what, you know, and I'm, I'm rooting for them, you know, they're technically a competitor. I don't really see it that way, but I, I guess, you know, we're in the same space. If you, I'm, I'm rooting for Daily Wire, but they've really produced like one thing that everybody thought was great and it was Matt's documentary and everything else has just been kind of hit or miss, frankly. So it, it, that, it's not easy to create original, good original content. It's not easy to do. Take it from someone who was involved and in seeing it done from you know, the subatomic level to fruition. But I, I do think we've made enough of it now in, the la, in, in this year especially, as I'll point out on Pop Culture Tuesday tomorrow, that I think now we're, we're on to confronting the second big challenge, distribution. The enemy is not anxious to let us have access to his delivery mechanism with our worldview. Just not anxious to do it. In fact, I don't know that this story has ever been told before. And I don't know that I'm allowed to tell this story, but I'm going to anyway. The, the network I was on before Blaze TV was CRTV. And we merged. Okay, so CRTV was basically Mark Levin TV, and, and Blaze TV was basically Glenn Beck TV. And then the two merged, you know, so now we have these two titans. We merged this, these two smaller solar systems into one, like, giant solar system. Do you guys even know how CRTV got started? Well, loosely, the, yeah. the, the original owners, owner, the, the original ownership of CRTV went to a major, went to, I think it was to CNN. I could be wrong, but I think it was CNN. Went to CNN and said, we are so confident if you will, you take any one of your primetime blocks, so 7 Eastern to 11 Eastern, any one of your primetime blocks, put Mark Levin in that block. And we are so confident that in one ratings period, he will be the highest rated show in your primetime block that 
we will pay the ownership the, the, the ownership of CRTV said we will pay for that airtime out of our own pocket and you, you don't have to pay Levin anything we'll pay him we'll take we'll cover all the overhead we're so confident he'll be the highest rated show you'll have Mark will be and one and even if it's the even if it's the 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 worst, which are you know seven Eastern, which is six Central, four Pacific, eleven Eastern, even if it's one of the bookends, we're so confident he'll be your highest rated show in one ratings in one ratings period that the old ownership of CRTV said we'll pay for all of this out of pocket. And if we turn out to be right, then he's yours, and you guys you guys take it from there. CNN would not take that deal. I think it was CNN would not take that deal. And so then that ownership said, well, I guess we'll just create our own digital network and do this ourselves. And it became CRTV. First came Mark Levin. Then came Steven Crowder and Steve Dace. Then came Dan Bongino. And then eventually we merged into with Blaze TV. So the major delivery systems out there are not anxious for us to best them. I got a call from um, a member of the Robertson family about a month ago on a Saturday. They had the number one television show in this on this in this hemisphere a decade ago. They suddenly were having all the same problems with getting theaters and holding them that we had with nefarious. All the same threats, everything the same. They're not anxious. To, to, the enemy's not anxious to say, by golly, come in, come into the mediums I control and do this better than me, but with your belief system, you have to have an honest competition and made the best man win for jolly golly's sake. Diversity is no. wonderful. Yeah, Steve. no. And so that leaves us to try to do this with alternative delivery systems. Well, we used to have things like Facebook and YouTube. Those are useless now. Oh, we can still post our content there, but if it's on any of the issues you really want us to touch on, poisonous jabs, election fraud, you're instantly banned and pinged, and it's just not profitable. And so then you're left with, well, then what if we take our own sites like The Blaze or Daily Wire or Fox Nation, our own um, independent digital sites, and place them there? Well, then the challenge is, well, you're already asking people to pay money to subscribe to those places. And then you're going to ask him to pay money again for this special content. Do you want to do that? Or you can try to do what the Daily Wire is doing, which is raise $100 million and do all of it in-house so you don't have to charge subscribers another rate. But then they've been kind of spotty in creating good content. So those are the two challenges that we have. Is So I, I'm, I'm confident that there's enough of us out there now that we can meet the, the content can be good enough. And some still won't be good. You know, the, the thing that I still think we, have, we are in trouble with is in distribution. How do we get that content to people? And you would think in this era with how much that's democratized, it'd be easier than ever. And about 10 years ago, that was true. But now big tech has demonically just closed a lot of those doors. And so it's not as easy anymore. Twitter provides a massive platform, but it's not really easy yet to monetize. In fact, I see a lot of people that are doing Twitter monetization complaining about it, that, that their traffic went up, but their monetization went down. So that's the big challenge. I, I spoke about two weeks ago with uh, the CEO of a company called Lore, L-O-O-R. They're trying to kind of step into this space. 
Um, but that's the issue is can we, we can, I think we can make the content now. We've proven there's enough of a demand for it now, but can we create platforms that make it possible to monetize those efforts? And that's the last stage. Next up, we go to Gwen Helvey. My son turned 18 in July and moved out into a friend's house. He's living in disobedience to the Lord. He made a profession of faith two years ago at church camp and was baptized in April, his decision. Then he stopped coming to church. Do I confront his lifestyle or humble myself and cast it onto God? Hard to know the answer to this without knowing your son and his personal decisions. Um... But I would say, and, and as parents, when our kids grow up, we all face this to some degree. It, it's not a fault. Don't create the false choice between confrontation and giving it up to God. We should always give it up to God. Now, God may say you need to confront that. Okay. But that's not an either or. We should always go to the Lord first. Always. And always make sure that we are embodying what we, we claim to believe before we confront. Is, is, there, is there something unconfessed that you didn't think your child knew, but they know, and that needs to be a, a, a confronted and, a, and, and dealt with now that they're an adult? You know, you can't treat them as a little kid the other way now. Well, you know, my private life is my private life. Well, you know, now they're an adult and they know what was going on in your private life. So that needs to be dealt with. I, I, that's, that's exactly why we go to God first, period. Because when we do, these kinds of things will come up and get addressed and get confronted within us before we contemplate whether to confront the adult child or not. And I, but, I, but I wouldn't feel comfortable answering any more than that without knowing, like, I don't know, I mean, is your... Is your son, heaven forbid, a drug dealer? Well, I'd confront that tomorrow, okay? Is he living with his girlfriend? Are they, are they fornicating? Well, that's going to be something trickier, and that's, I, I, I would need to know your son and what that is. But as a general rule, don't ever set up tension between, do I act before I, I ask God how I should act? Always go to God first, regardless of the situation. And please, you guys, please remind me to take my own advice there more often. <laughs> right? So, Okay. Gabriel Galawa says, near impossibility, I know, but if Trump is the nominee in 2024 and DeSantis accepts VP, how would that change your opinion of the governor? Wouldn't change my opinion of the governor at all. It would change my opinion of Trump. Um, that um, maybe he's actually capable of swallowing some pride and seeing things strategically through a, a lens other than his own narcissism. I mean, I, I think it'd be, I think absolutely... Well, if you think Trump can win, like, I don't, I, I think it'd be, it's good, it's, it, it would ex be extremely difficult for Ron DeSantis to be Trump's running mate during the campaign next year, given what's coming with the criminals, criminalities, the trials and everything else. But being Trump's vice president, dude, you're basically prime minister. You're basically running the government. Trump doesn't care about that stuff. You're in charge. I mean, you, you, would, you, you would essentially have President DeSantis. He just wouldn't be given the speeches, but he'd be the one running the show. So, all right, final thoughts, gentlemen, before we get out of here today? Well, that was quite a Monday. The pro-life uh, industry 
uh, put in the doc. Again, I mentioned it last week. The conversations we are having post one of the top 10 political victories, if not the top political victory in our lifetime, the long march dealing with yeah. Roe. Yeah. And and the regret we have for winning. Yeah, We're literally apologizing an, for winning. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Seemingly as confused as ever about why such a righteous cause is important and be embodied, be embodied to do more. Um, it just shows that we are a people that are what I said, that they're cipher. They more often than not, we just want to go back in the pod and be comfortable. Yeah. As Bob said, the overturning of Roe was not the end. It was just the beginning of the argument that we should have been having the whole time. Prior to Roe being overturned, we were always debating on their terms, on their playing field, in their stadium, in their environment. We were debating how many abortions, how they would look, what we could use. We were, we were debating everything with the, uh, against the d- backdrop of, and then kill the baby. Now we're debating when life begins. And I'll tell you this. If you go into an argument and you don't even believe your own side of the argument, do you think you have a chance to win that argument? The answer is, of course, no. That's what we're seeing, though, from Donald Trump. He started the argument, and he still says he's pro-life. But he, you can tell now he doesn't really believe his own side of the argument. going to be a really tough time winning anything, much less elections with going and in, uh, going into the greatest debate of our time like that hmm. well said we're back at it again tomorrow noon to two eastern right after glenn beck right here on blaze tv until then john three seventeen. this is steve dace on the blaze radio network